Hi, this is Rob Reynolds, and you're listening to Education and Technology Futures, a weekly podcast that highlights interesting trends and connections in the worlds of education, technology, and culture. Chapter 1. The Impossible is Bound to Happen Have you ever wondered what you might have done differently if you had known how things would turn out in the future? I'm guessing more than a few textbook publishers have wondered that in recent years. Flash back to 2006. On the digital side, e-textbooks are just barely a thing. Textbooks from major publishers have resource websites, and most publishers have some basic homework management system with an option for loading quizzes into a local LMS via SCORM. This is pre-iPhone. Facebook is in the earliest stages, and Twitter is just being launched. E-commerce isn't really pervasive, and the cloud hasn't actually happened. Online learning is mostly local, and the traditional university model appears very healthy. And for publishers, content, particularly royalty-based print content, is both king and queen. Having worked for publishers in that time period, I can assure you that no one could envision a time when publishers couldn't control the higher-ed course materials market via their proprietary content. The biggest question everybody had back then was how to get investments in digital technology to pay for themselves. Flash forward 14 years, and we can now see what was completely invisible to textbook publishers back then. That general education course content, the primary revenue source for publishers at the time, would lose its value to open educational resources and other web content. As a result, the major publishers would also lose much of their value. My point here is that at any moment, in almost any industry, there are crazy and disruptive things, no matter how improbable they may seem, that will indeed come to pass in the future. I'm talking about things that defy what everybody currently believes to be true in a particular business or market or culture. So whether you work in education, technology, or some other industry, why not take a moment today and think about those things? the business and market truths that you hold to be sacrosanct, those core things that you swear will never change. It could be the absolute importance of a college transcript, or maybe the belief in long-form writing and the use of keyboards. Whatever core market truths you see, those things that can never change because what would we all do if they did, why not take a moment today and ask this simple question. What would this look like if those things disappeared? More important, what would I do with the freedom afforded me by their disappearance? It's an interesting thought. Chapter two, the end of an era. I've noticed that when people reach a certain age, it becomes more likely that they'll speak in terms of a new innovation marking the end of an era. The impending dominance of electric vehicles, the end of an automotive era, the amazing advancements of special effects in film, the end of the classic film era, and along with it, the end of storytelling and acting, streaming media and the cord-cutting generation, the end of the golden era of television, the always connected life with smartphones and social media as centers of gravity, 
the end of a tranquil age of peaceful reflection and real connections. Sometimes people talk about the end of an era to express a true personal preference, generally with a modicum of wistful nostalgia. But other times they speak out of fear, fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of an inability to adapt, fear of having to learn one more new thing, fear of not being able to keep up. Of course, it's hard to talk about the end of an era without thinking to some extent about the next one. And should we really lament the passing of one age without anticipating the new and incredible opportunities afforded by the next one? The challenge is that most of us never think about a particular era when we're actually in it, only when it's gone. The way things are now is the way they are, and honestly, that's the way they should be. But maybe, just maybe, instead of trying to live in the present while simultaneously gazing backward to an era we think we preferred, we could actually cast our vision forward in the earnest expectation of the goodness that's on its way. My fear isn't about what disruptive changes might come along in the coming decades, but rather about the opportunities we might not take advantage of because we're so busy looking over our shoulders. Chapter 3. Do we really need that? I saw a headline this week asking if we really need phones that fold. The simple answer is, heck no. Speaking from considerable experience, I can tell you that we didn't really need phones that flipped, phones that had a QWERTY keyboard, phones with internet connectivity, phones with touchscreens, apps, and video chat, and we certainly don't need phones that fold. And no, I'm not speaking as a Luddite or some angry old guy who hates change. To know me is to know that I love new shiny objects to a fault, and I readily embrace change. What I'm saying is that the future of education, technology, and innovation has not generally been decided at the intersection of do we really need that and what we should do is. More often, our innovations have focused on what's possible and what will get people's attention and what we can really make happen. Our innovations are about what we can convince people they can't live without, about addressing people's needs that they weren't even aware they had. And in a capitalistic society, like the US, our innovations have most often been tied to how we can sell more widgets. Unfortunately, this innovation merely for the sake of innovation or profit tends to create a certain amount of skepticism in the general population. And that skepticism generally causes us to be suspect of change and to erect barriers of mistrust. Even worse, our skepticism about the real value of innovations often keeps us from focusing on or doing what really needs to be done, and those things will make a truly positive difference in people's lives. So, while many will continue to talk about what's cool, about influencers and creating market demand, I'm wondering if it isn't time for the rest of us to reframe our intentions and start thinking about innovation in terms of the things that matter. Perhaps we can begin thinking about making decisions at a new intersection, the one at the corner of what people need most and what can we do to make a real difference.